Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Beautiful Behavior Podcast. I am your host, Diane Sorensen, certified life coach, hypnotherapy practitioner, mother, grandmother, and human fascinated with behavior and how to live our best life. My goal is to offer you another perspective, to see behavior in ourselves, our children, and others from another angle. This podcast is for anyone who wants to feel more connected in their relationships. It's for anyone who feels the pull for something more. It's for parents and those who are not. This podcast is for anyone who wants to take a deeper look because this is where we talk about breaking generational patterns and outdated cultural beliefs, cultivating deeper connections in our life, and leading our life with more confidence and clarity. And I believe that's when beautiful behavior comes into focus. You can learn more about my process, me, and the three different ways in which beautiful behavior could come into focus for you at my website at diannesorensen.net. That's D-I-A-N-E-S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N.net. Okay, listeners, let's go. Hi, everybody. I have an announcement to make before we get into today's episode, and that is that the Jump book study is back. I um, The book study that I did back in November made such an impact on those that attended that I wanted to offer it again. So the Jump book study will be... Um, we'll be going from March 6th. We'll start on March 6th and go until April 10th. So this is going to be a small group. I'm limiting the group to 10 people so that, um, yeah, it can just be a small intimate group. Uh, and really it's about, uh, creating the change in your life that you want to create or that you want to see in your life to live your best life. And sometimes we don't even know what that is, right? What is my best life? Or um, we don't know the change we want to create, but we know, we just know not this. So that's what it's all about. Uncovering your truest, wisest, most authentic self and what lights you up so you can live a fulfilled life. So If you want to join, make sure you get your spot saved. Uh, And you can go to diannesorensen.net slash forward slash offers. I will also put the link in the show notes. And you can also find it on my IG account in my bio. So my IG is diannesorensen.bb. So... Those are some different places you can find the link. So if you um, want to live your best life, feel fulfilled, figure out even what that even is, join the book club and have accountability um, and connection. So, okay, everybody, let's get into today's episode. Safety. Today, we're talking about safety and creating safe 
environments. Now, what does that even mean, creating safe environments? For me, before I started this uh, personal journey, I, you know, thought a safe environment was, you know, my mind went to physical safety. And I think in general, you know, it does. You're talking about safety, we're thinking physical safety. So providing a safe environment for me was providing a physically safe environment, right? Our home was, you know, providing a home that was, uh, you know, safe from drafts and, you know, all that kind of stuff, weatherized, I guess, providing a weatherized home, um, you know, fencing, uh, electrical uh, covers for the outlets, you know, all of the physical stuff. But creating safe environments isn't just about physical safety. It's more in our modern world because I think, you know, we we do a pretty good job on physical safety, but we often overlook or aren't aware of the emotional safety. So what is emotional safety? You know, for me, emotional safety means um, really emotional awareness and the ability to connect with our emotions and manage uh, what's going on inside of us. So really, in short, it's self-regulation. It's emotional regulation. So creating safe environments means physical safety and emotional regulation. And this is where it gets tricky because how do we regulate our emotions? You know, in a culture where it most generally we were not uh, taught to regulate our emotions, we were taught to suppress our emotions. So when I first started doing this work, This was a whole new arena for me. You know, I had stuffed my, suppressed my emotions, stuffed them down so far that, you know, I had no idea uh, how to regulate them. To me, regulating them meant don't let them be seen. So I was you know, continuing to stuff them down, thinking, well, you know, if I'm good enough, I'm not going to be, you know, this exploding mom or this exploding teacher. So I think what we often do, and this is true for me, that we we look on the outside, we like we pretend to not be um, feeling emotions uh, we pretend to be calm on the outside, but on the inside, we're like, you know, having a war inside our head. Um, and we stuff it down until we can't stuff it down in, anymore. And then what happens is it explodes, 
right? We explode and usually we explode on the people we care about the most, our children, our partners, our parents. And, you know, it comes out sideways and that is not who we are and it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel safe in our body and it doesn't feel safe to the people in our environment. It doesn't feel safe to our children. An exploding adult, even just an angry adult, is a threat to a child. You know, and it's a threat to your partner too or whoever. And what happens then is the other person becomes defensive and then everybody's in defense and everybody's disconnected, uh, blaming and defending and that fractures our relationships and they don't work well and they don't feel good. And our relationships really become a place of, you know, it's, they're not really, they don't feel safe a lot of times because blame does not feel safe. So when we're in blame or defending ourselves against blame, you know, that, that doesn't feel safe. The reason that we're in blame and defense is uh, because we are threatened, like our enoughness is threatened. So it really comes back down to feeling good enough or not feeling good enough. And when we don't feel good enough, that is an emotional threat. So in your relationships, if someone has to be a certain way or act a certain way or, you know, uh, say certain things in a certain way, that is not safe. It doesn't feel good. And we've all experienced that in some degree or another with a traditional model of Conformity, you know, our traditional uh, culture says, oh, you need to be this way. You need to do these things. We, um, culture has attached value to certain things. And to climb the social ladder and be good enough, here are the things you need to do and be and have to be good enough. And then those are the things we go out and chase and to be good enough, completely disconnecting from our deepest, wisest, truest, most authentic self. And the problem with this then is that we live in constant fear. We live in a constant state of threat, trying to be good enough. And the problem with this is that fear and threat work against the brain. The brain works optimally when it feels safe. And here's the other thing. Our brain doesn't know if we are facing physical Um, danger, if this is 
about physical safety or if this is an emotional safety issue, if it is a perceived um, threat, you know, because actually not the, the belief I'm not good enough isn't real. That is a perception, but our brain doesn't make differentiate between a physical threat, a tiger about ready to jump on a Sanitas, or a belief of not being good enough or, you know, an emotional threat. And our brain is set up for our survival. That's what its job is. Its job isn't to help us thrive. It is to keep us alive. So our traditional model actually works against the brain, keeping it in uh, its survival mode. And our brain is very... Um, I uh, I can't think of the word I want here. Um, it, I want to say smart, but it, that's not even the word I want. But um, it will do whatever it needs to to uh, keep this threat at bay. Even if the threat is, you know, our child is having big emotions. And that can be a threat to us because we learned as kids to shut that off. You know, our... Our caregivers got very, maybe got more, you know, had bigger emotions to shut ours down. And now, you know, we may be doing that same pattern unconsciously uh, to keep this threat at bay. So our brain comes up with, you know, many coping skills to um, help us survive these so-called threats. Or perceived threats. And even a perceived threat, is it feels real. So our child talking back can be a threat. Our um, child having big emotions can be a threat. You know, whatever that is. And uh, we can just live in this constant state of threat. Always, you know, alert. Always hyper vigilant on how we're going to be perceived by people in any given situation. So I love this quote I heard, um, and I'm not sure where it came from originally. Um, I heard it from Nancy Levin, so I'm not sure if it came from Nancy or some somewhere else. But anyway, that's where I heard it. Um, and Nancy is the... She's a uh, author, um, best-selling author, and uh, master life coach, and also the creator of Love and Life Coach Academy, which is where um, I got my coaching certification. But anyway, I love this quote, and I heard it from her, is everything we seek externally needs to be resolved internally. And so I think when we are uncomfortable with other people's emotions or children's emotions or just other people, it's because we're uncomfortable with our own emotions. And again, I think in general, we've traditionally, we've learned that emotions weren't safe to have. You know, we've kind of attached 
sadness with, you know, being weak and anger as being disrespectful um, and, you know, and so forth. Uh, And so with that, I think about it as inner safety creates outer safety. So if we want to learn to be okay with our children's emotions or other people's emotions without having to shut them down or feel threatened by them, like if there's emotions in, you know, somewhere in public, um, then we really need to start creating a safe relationship with our own emotions, which are inside of us, inside of our body. So this is all about embodying our bodies again, because I think we've really become disconnected with that. So we wouldn't have to feel, right? So we live in our head. And like, you know, if you're like me, you can have all this chaos and, you know, war going on inside there. So it's just getting to know your inner world, creating a safe inner world. And because again, if you're like me, I, I was, you know, constantly beating myself up, criticizing myself. I mean, to the point where I didn't even know I was doing it. It was so automatic. But when I started doing my own inner work, it became apparent to me how critical I was of myself. And that wasn't safe to myself. And so I think we can start by creating inner safety by self-compassion. And so if we truly want to create safe environments emotionally and physically, or physically and emotionally, it starts with self-compassion. Compassion is safe. But if we are in the habit of beating ourselves up and being critical of ourselves, believing we're not good enough, then that is going to come out on our children, the other people we love, especially in stressful moments. It will come out. The way you talk to yourself is the way you will talk to others in stressful moments. And that doesn't create safe relationships or safe environments. You know, whether that environment is in our home or our school environment or our work environment. If we're going to create safe environments, we have to start becoming emotionally aware and connected with our own bodies, our own inner world, and start being compassionate with ourselves. Inner compassion will create more outer compassion. So we live in a world that is externally focused. So 
this might not make sense to a lot of people, and it didn't to me either. But the number one thing is safety, to feel safe. And when I started this journey, um, I was still teaching, and again and again and again, all the scientists and, and um, the experts were saying the number one thing children need is safety. They need to feel safe. And this was so hard for me to wrap my mind around because my mind kept wanting to go to physical safety. Safety to me meant physically safe, like in the environment was safe, the outer, the external stuff. Emotional safety was the part that I totally didn't get. And now I know why, because, well, number one, I was disconnected from my emotions. You know, I had in general never really uh, felt my emotions to my recollection. I just acted them out. I acted out happy. I acted out mad and the rest of them I you know I didn't have I apparently I pushed them down so far I didn't have them at all I didn't even act those out like sad totally uh disconnected from sad and shoved it down and um covered it up with other stuff well probably doing 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 the more I did, the more I accomplished, I could uh, not have to, uh, it got me farther and farther away from sad, or so I thought. And here's the other thing. I had, in general, never really felt emotionally safe. I didn't, I didn't know what that was. So... To many of you, this might not be making sense to you either. It's like, what's emotional safety? Um, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, it's just open yourself up to wonder, to be curious. Hmm. Um, so basically, if you feel not good enough, you're not emotionally safe. Now, there might be times you feel good enough. There might be times or situations or places where you do feel good enough. But if you have this, I'm not good enough when you're going into, you know, other situations, that's when the uh, emotional defenses or the coping skills um, come into play because you are feeling threatened. And the more approval we get, the more we feel good enough and the safer we feel for, you know, a few moments. And this is how we get addicted to approval. And I'll just talk for myself. I know I was addicted to approval when I started becoming more self-aware and I saw myself needing approval constantly I just couldn't quite figure that out. But 
I do understand now that that was about feeling emotionally safe. I wanted to feel comfortable. I wanted to feel safe. So, you know, I was constantly doing and, um, you know, trying to gain external approval. And so how we can turn this around is starting to have a better relationship with ourself. And I know sometimes that doesn't resonate with people. Um, and I think that's because we have not ever had a relationship with ourselves, or considered having a relationship with ourself. We have always been hyper-focused on how other people see us without giving any thought about how do I see me? What do I think about me? And when I did that, I came to the realization that, oh man, I don't think too much of me. And um, I wasn't having a good relationship with myself. And so here's the deal. I couldn't provide an emotionally safe environment in my home for my children because I hadn't experienced it myself. And that is not something I take lightly or is uh, easy to, to, to talk about. But until we talk about these things and bring them out in the open and create awareness around it, we will keep creating the same patterns. And as we can see, when we look around the world today, we live in a high anxiety world. And, you know, anxiety means I'm not safe. Now, I lived in anxiety all my life, um, or what I remember. Um, without even knowing it. I just thought, well, this is just how I am. You know, I started biting my fingernails when I was quite young and people would say, well, that's a nervous habit. And I was like, but I'm not nervous. And the truth was, I didn't know what it was like to not be nervous, to not worry. I didn't know what that felt like. And it wasn't until I started this journey that I started to reconnect with what was going on inside of me and the energy that was moving in my body and reconnect with my feelings and actually feel them instead of acting them out. And it was then that I began to realize I was anxious. I had all this anxiousness going on inside me. I had so much chaos going on inwardly that it created chaos in my life externally. The, the external chaos in my life was a direct reflection of the internal chaos. And before that, I didn't feel this energy inside because I avoided it through constant busyness. I was a high energy 
go, 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 do, 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 fast, fast, fast. Um, and that energy was driving me uh, to do that so that, I mean, you know, I never took the time to be still, to be quiet until I started this journey and then realized, wow, there's a lot going on in there. And I also avoided it by the restriction of food. So, you know, I was starving myself to keep these, this uncomfortable energy, these feelings at bay. I was really, I was starving my feelings. I numbed them, you know, and other people might do that in different ways, whether it's shopping or sex or, you know, screens. We're trying to keep this constant threat of emotions at bay. And when I began to intentionally slow down, when I started nourishing myself, I felt wildly uncomfortable. Did it feel safe? No. But what I realized is I had never felt safe in my body, in my own skin, always trying to achieve or produce or do to be good enough. And what I realized is I never felt safe in the world. I was seeing the world through a lens of disapproval and, uh, I don't know, not good enoughness. And when we see the world through that lens, through a lens of, I need to be a certain way to gain approval or to gain acceptance. All of our actions really tend to be based in fear and control, right? Control is all about fear. And so a lot of times we'll bobble between controlling people in our life or situations and pleasing people in our life and situations. And it can be like this balancing act between I need to control you in some situations and then I need to please you in other situations. Or, you know, these certain people need need my approval. They need to gain my approval and then I need to gain the approval of those people. It's like this crazy cultural game we play. And I'm not downplaying our fears because they feel real, right? Like the fear of messing up my kids, the fear of not being good enough, not doing enough, not accomplishing enough, not being smart enough. Um, I mean, the list is long. And this is how we're conditioned. It's not about blame. It's not about fault. It's the way our traditional social model is set up. It's based in fear. And our parents couldn't provide emotional safety uh, because, you know, they may, they didn't experience it. So, um, 
again, it's in the culture. We have a system based on fear and really you can call it rewards and punishments um, is, is a big part of that uh, fear-based system. And this system we use in our homes, our schools, our institution, our traditional workplaces, it's in corporate, you know, and we could go on a whole nother thing on that one. That, that's a whole nother episode. Um, but to create safety internally and externally um, in our bodies, in our homes and in our world, we uh, can do that by shifting the paradigm. And we can start with emotional awareness, becoming curious, investigate. When your child or somebody is having some emotions, notice what happens with you. Notice if you pick up their emotions, notice if you become tense, notice, um, yeah, if your initial reaction is to get out of there or whatever it is, just see what starts to rise for you and start connecting with your body. And, and that might sound strange, um, but the awareness of what's going on in our body eludes most of us um, because, again, we live in our head. So creating some time just to be still, and that might drive some of you really crazy because <laughs> um, it is uncomfortable at first to just be still, especially if you're a doer, 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 like I was, um, you know, and I still have to be very aware of it because I can get back into that habit. Um, I have to really be aware of, um, creating the new habits that I want to create to have more calm and peace in my life, uh, from the inside out. And when I started living my life from the inside out, my external world began to shift. But here's the other thing. We always want it all right now, right? And so it's really about taking small actions consistently over time. That's what creates change. So oftentimes we, you know, think, okay, I'm going to make these changes. This is what I'm going to do. And we do it for a week or maybe even a month. Um, But then it starts to fall off and we go back to, you know, the familiar. And then we think, oh my gosh, you know, we beat ourselves up for a while. And then it's like, oh, okay, I got to start all over. And it's not starting over. It's starting again and again and again and again and again. It's not about, oh, I have fallen back into the familiar pattern. It's about noticing that you've fallen back into the familiar pattern and going, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'm going to go back over here now. And it's a process. It is a process. 
And we just have to trust the process and the slow shifts that come with that. This is what creates safety in our environments, in our homes, in our world. So it really starts with emotional awareness and regulation. It is the single most important skill we can learn and model. So you can do this by starting to have some space just to sit with yourself, sit still with yourself, have a cup of coffee, whatever. Um, You know, you can do guided meditations, um, hypnotherapy. Hypnosis is an amazing way to begin to go inward and understand yourself at a deeper level. So that's just one of the ways, um, one of the tools that I offer and use with clients. So if you want, you can um, check that out on my website, which is in the show notes. Um, But it's dianesorensen.net. And yeah, you can check that out. So that's what I have for you this week. I'm going to leave it here and have a fabulous week. We'll see you right back here next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Beautiful Behavior Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show or previous shows, I would so appreciate you subscribing and leaving a review. I am so grateful for all of you listeners who are joining me here for these conversations because I believe it's through these type of conversations that we start to shift the paradigm, creating a more loving and compassionate world. I hope you will join me here each week as we discover new ways to show up in our lives and create a bigger impact. And if you are ready to take this to the next level, head on over to my website at diansorensen.net. Again, that's D-I-A-N-E-S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N.net. Get on my calendar and see how you can be supported and if we're a good fit so that you can get out of survival and into thrival. Change is possible and I've got you.